A new turn in a case that's rocked the Bardstown community. The FBI just took over the Crystal Rogers the investigation. Crystal Rogers has been a mystery since 2015. Across the country wondering what happened to the mother of five. We've searched the rivers. We've searched farms. And in the last Absolutely. five years, this is a story that has had several twists and turns. Federal investigators are spread out across Bardstown right now looking for answers in the disappearance of Crystal Rogers. Take a look at this map. It shows just how much ground they are covering today. These are the three spots that agents have searched so far. There has not been a huge development in this case for probably years now. This is the biggest thing that we have seen in quite some time. From the digital journalists of WDRP.com, this is Uncovered, a behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. This is Chris Otts of WDRB.com, and today, August 6th, we're bringing you a special bonus episode of our show. We woke up this morning to learn that the FBI has taken control of the investigation regarding Bardstown mother Crystal Rogers, who disappeared nearly five years ago. Federal agents executed a number of search warrants today in Bardstown. WDRB's Fallon Glick has covered this case from the beginning, and she joins me now. Fallon, thanks for coming on the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we get to today's developments, let's talk about the history of the Crystal Rogers case. July 3rd, 2015. Take us back. So, like you said, it starts over five years ago now, July 3rd, 2015. That's right before the 4th of July holiday weekend. What we know so far about that day is that Brooks, her boyfriend at the time, Brooks Hauk, and Crystal, they were out at the Hauk family farm along with their two-year-old child named Eli. They were out there from about 7 to midnight, according to Brooks Hauk, and they were out there feeding some animals, and they get home to the house that they shared, and... Brooks says he went to bed because it was late and Crystal stayed up playing games on her cell phone. And he says when he woke up the next day on July 4th, Crystal wasn't there. And then that begins the mystery of where Crystal Rogers went. So Crystal Rogers is a 35-year-old. She was a 35-year-old woman from Bardstown, Kentucky, correct? And that's where all these events happened. Yes, from Bardstown, Kentucky, 35 years old, beautiful, tall, blonde woman. She has five kids, and her youngest child, a two-and-a-half-year-old uh, named Eli, was with Brooks Hauk. Brooks Hauk is the dad. This case had so many interesting twists and turns. Immediately, the police in Nelson County, the sheriff's office, I believe, was in charge of the investigation, and they focused on one person, but no arrests were ever made. How did it unfold uh, in the days following her disappearance? And I first want to say it's so interesting that we, we say so many twists and turns in this case, which there have been. But at the same time, police have released very few details, which I think is so interesting um, that we have so many twists and turns without police saying a lot. 
But in terms of getting to that moment where Brooks Hauck is named the main suspect, that comes in October of 2015, about three months after Crystal uh, disappeared. And that comes about after some interviews, police interviews with Brooks Hauck, as well as his brother, Nick Hauck. And they learn quite a bit of information from those interviews. And, and I can get into that if you want. But after those interviews, that's when they name him the main suspect and actually fire his brother from the Bardstown Police Department as well on that same day. Well, let's back up here and break it all down for people who may not be mm-hmm. familiar with this case. So Crystal Rogers disappears. Uh, a couple of days later, her vehicle is found on the side of the Bluegrass Parkway, correct? First, tell us about that. Yes. So she was reported missing on July the 5th. She was last seen on July the 3rd. The next day, or excuse me, um, she was reported missing on July the 5th. And then a short time after that, on the same day, is when another family member finds her maroon Chevy Impala on the Bluegrass Parkway. And the strange thing about it is that it did have a flat tire. Her phone was still in the car. Her purse was still in the car. Her keys were all still in the car. And there has been this idea that, well, maybe she had a flat tire and she left her car to go find help. But the family says that would never be the case. Crystal would never just get out of her car and walk away. The first thing that she would do is use her cell phone to call a family member, most likely her dad, to come help her or even her brother with the flat tire. Family says there's no way she'd walk away from the car. So from the start, they think that is a setup for her disappearance. And then after that, on the next day, um, the Nelson County Sheriff's Office holds a press conference with the media. And that's where we really hear for the first time about what happened with the Chevy Impala. And later on, we hear that police take uh, canines to the car to sniff to find her scent. And they say they don't pick up a scent at this car and they find that very strange but later on they do pick up a scent Uh, they find crystal scent at the farm but they never find her scent on the car which is is very concerning to the family then as the investigation unfolded it centered on one individual in particular tell us again who that person is that would be brooks hauck He is the former boyfriend of Crystal Rogers, and they do have a a two-and-a-half-year-old son together. He has been named the main suspect in the disappearance of Crystal Rogers. At the start, they said he was cooperating with investigators, but then three months later, we learned that he is the main suspect. And police at the time say they have information that could lead to their arrest, But here we are today, and there have been no charges or arrests in this case. Among the many interesting twists in this case is that we find out the last person to see Crystal Rogers alive, who the sheriff's office starts zeroing in on as the main suspect, her boyfriend with whom she had a child, Brooks Hauk, his brother is a police officer in the same community working for the Bardstown Police Department, and he gets himself involved in the case. Can you explain? Sure. And let me first paint you a little picture of what 
the police agencies look like in this community. So the Nelson County Sheriff's Office and the Bardstown Police Department are under the same roof. They share a wall, uh, but they are separate entities, okay? The Nelson County Sheriff's Office has been the lead investigating agency in this case up until the FBI took over. Bardstown Police has never been investigating uh, the Crystal Rogers case, but that's the police department where Nick Houck had worked for several years. And so when they bring Brooks Houck in to do the interview with a Nelson County Sheriff's detective, they're having this conversation for a while. And originally, Brooks does not have his cell phone on him, but then the detective asks him a question about a text message that he received that night. So he gives the phone to Brooks, and he looks at it and and tells him some things about the text message. A short time after that, Brooks gets a phone call from his brother, Nick, and you can hear it in, in this interview. And Nick is telling Brooks not to talk to investigators. And Brooks says, if you want me to leave right now, I will. And so it's this weird heated argument that you can hear these two brothers having. Brooks saying, no, I'm going to help. I'm going to keep talking. And then Nick saying on the other line, no, don't talk. And so that's when the investigation ends. And the detectives had a hard time with that because Nick Houck, as I said, is a Bardstown police officer, and he knows how these investigations work, especially when it comes to interviewing suspects. That is all very interesting. And to to give him the most benefit of the doubt, I mean, I suppose it's not a good idea for anybody to talk to police without a lawyer present when police are looking around for somebody who may have committed a capital offense and they may be looking right at you. So, um, you know, that I don't know if that advice in and of itself is uh, evidence of a of a guilty conscience. Do you have any thoughts on that? I no, I, I agree with you on that. It's just interesting because um, a little bit after that interview is done, Nick is fired from the police department basically for that phone call. Uh, the Bardstown police chief at the time had said Nick was fired for interfering with the investigation. He said he had a lack of cooperation, lack of candor, and he says uh, that's not what a police officer would do in terms of advising your brother not to speak to police. And in this case, I suppose it didn't really matter to the Bardstown department that they were not the ones who had technical ownership over this case. I guess they were thinking that uh, presumably they're all law enforcement, and so they all should be roughly on the same team in the same community, and that's what they were faulting uh, Nick Houck for not doing. Right, and and part of his firing was that the police chief said he really didn't answer a lot of questions. I mean, when you do listen to the police interview, the investigator is asking him all these things, and, and he really doesn't have an answer for them, and the investigator does get frustrated. Uh, but at the same time, um, I want to bring up the fact, too, that the investigator was grilling him on the fact that he failed a lie detector test, and he specifically had problems about uh crystal rogers questions the case takes another turn 
a little more than a year after Crystal Rogers' disappearance, and this involves her father, Tommy Ballard. This was a hard day for family. Um, Tommy Ballard was the true champion and force behind the search to find Crystal. I mean, this was his new mission in life. He was going to bring her home. He was going to find her. And that was his goal. Um, But that goal was cut short because he was shot and killed in November of 2016. He was about to go hunting on family property early, early in the morning hours with uh, his grandson. That was a child of Crystal Rogers. And they were about to go hunting. They were on family property. And that's when he was shot in the chest and he was killed. And family wholeheartedly believes that the disappearance of Crystal Rogers and the death of Tommy Ballard, those two cases are connected. And I have spoken to Sherry Ballard, Tommy Ballard's wife, about this many times. And she 100% believes that Tommy was targeted. She told me right after this had happened that Tommy believed he was being followed in the weeks leading up to his death. But interesting enough, um, Kentucky State Police, they have been the lead agency on this case, and they have classified it as a death investigation, whereas family is not happy about that classification because, like I said, they 100 percent think that this was a murder. Well, it's been nearly four years now since Tommy Ballard died. What was the ultimate outcome of the state police investigation? It's still ongoing. They have no suspects, and they haven't released really any information in this case. Uh, It's still just as mysterious as Crystal's. Fallon, I wonder if the state police have ruled out that Tommy Ballard's death was part of something that didn't involve foul play, such as, you know, perhaps an accident with a gun when you're hunting or even a suicide. I don't think that is likely the case in this situation for the simple fact that Tommy Ballard and his grandson had really just gotten out of the truck that they were in, that they drove up onto the family property to go hunting on. Tommy Ballard was probably several feet in front of his grandson, maybe even more. The grandson comes back to the truck to get something, and that's when Tommy Ballard was shot in the chest. And so that's when the little boy turns around and, and sees what happens and immediately calls his, uh, his family members saying that Papa had been shot. And I have met Tommy Ballard many times covering cases or covering um, stories involving Crystal Rogers. And I personally don't see him committing suicide um, or there being an accident, especially right with his grandson nearby. And they really weren't even hunting yet. They were about to go hunting. Uh, But at the very beginning of the investigation, On day one, that first interview with Kentucky State Police, they had originally thought, well, maybe this is a hunting uh, accident. And so they were asking for hunters in the area to come forward with any information that they might have. But no one ever came forward uh, with that type of information. Fallon, what was that day like for you after you had interviewed Tommy Ballard and you've been immersed in this case and then 
uh, for it to take a turn like that, that had to have been uh, quite a shock. It definitely was. I've never experienced something like this. I, I mean, I don't know how to put it into words when I got that phone call early, early in the morning from a family member telling me that Tommy had been shot and killed. And actually, it was his own dad who confirmed it and told me that information. And, you know, as a journalist, you're supposed to take a step back and be removed from a story to cover it in a way that isn't biased. Um, But at the same time, you know, you are a human and you get to know these people. And when you hear that someone has died, it's very sad. And then you immediately think of the family and everything that they have been going through for, at this point, about a year and a half, everything that they've been going through, and now this. And this is just one more tragedy on top of it all. And I don't know how you can, on that day, not feel overwhelming sadness and compassion for this family. So there's a mysterious disappearance. There's a mysterious death. There's these two brothers, uh, no charges, however, and it has been years. It may have seemed like this case was heading for a cold case unit, but a very big development today. Take us through it. Right. I mean, there has not been a huge development in this case for probably years now. This is the biggest thing that we have seen in quite some time. So basically what happens today is the FBI sends out a press release early this morning saying, hey, we are taking over the Crystal Rogers investigation and we're starting today. And so what they did today, they had 150 state and federal law enforcement officers come to Bardstown and they started executing nine federal search warrants and they had plans to talk to 50 different people, 50 different interviews. So that's a lot to get accomplished in one day and you wonder how many days this will take. Um, So they are now the lead agency in this investigation. And what's interesting to me is that they are searching the Hauk family farm They are searching the house of Brooks Houck and the house of Nick Houck. So they've been in all those areas today, but those areas have already been searched by other law enforcement. So you really wonder what are they going to find today that, you know, they didn't find several years ago when they were searching these places because they have executed 70 plus search warrants at these properties already in the past. Lots of interesting wrinkles we saw in the coverage today. One was that IRS agents were uh, there, uh, which is interesting. Uh, The tax enforcement agency, that really makes you scratch your head. The presence of federal law enforcement to me says not just that They have more resources, and so maybe they can come in and solve this crime. Generally, that indicates a federal crime. Perhaps a body was moved over state lines, uh, perhaps some kind of corruption case involving the police departments. I mean, there's probably lots of theories floating around, but 
what has the federal, uh, the FBI said about what prompted their involvement in this case? And do you have any sense as to how they got roped into this? Um, Well, I think a common misconception is thinking that the FBI is just now on the case. They have been on the case for some time now. It's just now they are the lead investigator. So when they had an extensive search of the Houck family farm back in August of 2016, that was an extensive two-day search on about 300 acres of family property. So the FBI was there for that, along with the Nelson County Sheriff, Jefferson County Sheriff, um, and the Louisville Metro Police Department. They were all there that day for that search. And the FBI Louisville, they came out today saying, you know, we've actually been working on this investigation for over a year now with Nelson County in cooperation. And I think it was some behind the scenes work being done that we didn't really know about or hear about in this investigation. And they come out today and say, you know, it's been great working with Nelson County, but now we are going to take over. And it was a simple call to make, they said, because they want to bring additional federal resources into this investigation to find Crystal. Have the Hauk brothers talked throughout this period and have they said anything today? So the Hauk brothers um, haven't spoken a whole lot. They haven't been very vocal throughout this process. Um, I will say Brooks Hauk did do a national television interview um, at the very beginning with um, Nancy Grace. And then from there, we just had never heard from him. And then about two years ago, I ended up calling him. I've tried calling him many times in the past for an interview, and he either just ignored my call or just wouldn't talk to me. Um, But about two years ago, I was able to ask him some questions on the phone about if he was concerned that the investigation was taking so long, if he wanted to say anything, if he wanted to give me his side of the story, because really we've never heard from him. Um, And he talked about his name being tarnished early on with investigators. So I wanted to clear things up with him. And I only got about three questions in, but I said, you know, what's going on in your mind? Um, with Crystal when she had been missing for a few years then. And he had made the statement about continuing to ride the wave because it's worked out so well for him this far. And I know a lot of family members had some issues with him making that statement. What on earth did he mean by that? I I tried to get some more answers from him. And I think just just going on with his life and not talking to anybody, really. And that has worked out well for him because he's continued to live his life. And then he uh, proceeded to say, but, you know, if you want to talk to Miss Sherry Ballard, I have her number and I can give that to you. And then as, as I asked him some more questions, that's all he would say to me. What do you think, Fallon, is the is the timeline or the next steps. I wonder if this huge involvement of federal law enforcement signals that we're getting to an end stage and some answers uh, in this case. So 
I think with all of the searches that have been done in the past, which there have been 70 plus of these properties, I think it's a matter of piecing all those puzzle puzzle pieces together and maybe that's what the FBI needs to do and maybe that's what they're working on and maybe that's where their federal resources can come in and put everything together. I want to touch on something else recently. I think about two weeks ago there were some remains found in Nelson County that have not yet been identified and there was a possibility that those could be connected to this case. Can you explain? Sure. So every time remains are found in Nelson County or the surrounding area, law enforcement notifies the family of Crystal Rogers, and they do that to be respectful of the family so that they are not blindsided by the news talking about remains that were just found. So they get a a pre-warning before police release any information to the media, and this is one of those instances where remains were found. Uh, They notified the family and then they sent those remains to Quantico to a lab to have those uh, tested to see if those are in fact the remains of Crystal Rogers. And I spoke to some family members today asking, well, you know, those remains were found two weeks to the day that the FBI comes in and takes over and starts executing all these search warrants. Is that a sign that those remains could belong to Crystal? And what I've been told from family members is that they still don't even know if the remains are crystal and they are just as curious to find out as everybody else. You have spoken to some of her family members, to Crystal's mother uh, and to her, one of her daughters, Kylie Fenwick, I believe is her name. Can you tell me about those interviews and what the takeaways were? Sure. So I actually just did an interview Uh, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more now. It was for the five-year anniversary, and it it was a very eye-opening interview, um, and for a couple reasons. One, it was because the first, it was the first time that we did speak to Kylie Fenwick. She was 14 at the time her mom disappeared. She's now 19, and I have met her before, um, and I have talked to her before, but this is the first time that we really had a chance to sit down and ask her what her life has been like these past five years. Um, And it was really heartbreaking to hear it from a new perspective. You look at it now and you're like, this actually happened. Like this is actually like A young teenager having to go through those teenage years and high school and going to prom and graduating from high school and not having her mom there. Like this is our story now. Like it something we have to deal with and not only for those big moments but Kylie had said it's those little moments that she really misses a lot she said she used to go to Dairy Queen with her mom a lot and have jam sessions in the car ride and and that's just something that she she really wishes that she could have back and another thing that I, I learned from her is that she writes in a journal to her mom almost every single day talking about what's happened throughout the day as if her mom is right over her shoulder looking over and seeing what she's writing so that they can kind of share that moment and that experience of what happened and, and that was really um, and tough for me to hear 
because she's so young and she's already been through so much in her life at only 19 years old. Um, But then also with Sherry, uh, another aspect of that interview is that she she's very um, strong willed because she wants to find justice for not only Crystal, but Tommy as well. And she has been very outspoken that she wants justice and she wants it now, but sometimes she understands that she has to be patient. I'm ready for it, but I have to prepare myself at the same time that I don't fall apart when when that day finally does get here. But she says, I've been quiet for quite some time for a while. And she says she's very pleased with the investigation when I did this interview with her about a month ago. Um, She goes, if I was not happy with the way this investigation was going, you would know about it and you would hear me talking about it. So it leads me to believe that, you know, maybe she knew that this uh, FBI thing was coming and that's why she was partly pleased with where the investigation was going. Does anybody hold out hope that Crystal Rogers is still alive? And I think that's a really good question because Sherry Ballard says she always has that hope that her daughter is still out there. And she tells her grandkids that, you know, she's raising now to, you know, always have that hope. But at the same time, she finds her place in a really hard situation because she says, you know, I I do want her to still be alive. That's what she would want. But at the same time, that means for the past five years, she has likely been held somewhere and and tortured. So she almost finds more comfort in knowing that if she is dead, that she is in heaven and with God and at peace. And she has um, a very strong faith. And so I think that's part of the reason why that's a hard question for her to answer is because obviously, as a mother, she wants her daughter to be alive. But at the same time, she wants her daughter to be at peace and not alive and tortured somewhere. I don't suppose that anybody thinks that one possibility is that she just skipped town and wanted to disappear somehow, like a runaway case. Correct. And Sherry Ballard has said so many times that there's no way she would do that because she loved her kids so much and she would never leave her two-and-a-half-year-old at the time who really needed her mom or or his mom. Uh, So she goes, that's... That wouldn't happen, especially because she she spoke to her family quite frequently. So, Fallon, in your recent interview with Crystal Rogers's mother, she said that one of the last things that Crystal said to her didn't register at the time. But looking back on it now, it very much does. Can you explain? Yeah, and it's a a very interesting conversation that might have seemed out of the blue at the time. But like you said, looking back, it it really puts up a red flag. So Sherry Ballard recounts one of these last conversations in her driveway with Crystal. And she says Crystal was planning to leave Brooks Hauk. And so she says to her mom, Mom, he thinks I'm stupid. He thinks I'm dumb. But I know everything. I have everything. I have all the information. And at that time, Sherry Ballard had no idea what her daughter was talking about. And she says she's typically a helicopter parent. But she didn't ask 
any follow-up questions, and she says she really regrets not knowing what exactly Crystal was talking about. And I should say that Crystal, when she was still alive, she helped Brooks Hauk run his business. He rents homes and he is a contractor. So she did a lot of his paperwork. And so something in that paperwork, she says she knows everything and, and had all the information on something. Well, Fallon, thank you very much for all the effort that you've put into covering this case and staying with it over these many years. And we really appreciate your time breaking it down here on the podcast. Well, thank you for your time and shedding even more light on this story. The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. Please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.